Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer and aspiring software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash complete developer podcast. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Whether it's out of anger or frustration or because of better opportunities, we've all had coworkers we admire and are friends with to leave the job. It can be surprising and distressing, especially when you don't know that they are planning to leave. You can be left with a big project and no assistance whatsoever. In this episode, we're going to talk about some of the signs and indicators that your coworker is about to quit. But before we get started, Will, what have you been fighting this week? Well, uh, this last week has been pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother passed away Friday morning. Of course, it's Thursday now as we record. So last Thursday night when we were recording was about, I guess, eight hours before she passed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's been kind of hard. You know, we've gone through the whole funeral experience and all that. Um, I haven't been doing much other than that and working. Yeah. Just, you know, my birthday was yesterday and I just kind of like, I got, I had a beer and I played video games. Which is pretty much all I really want to do on my birthday anyway. I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah, normally we'd go out like the weekend before or the weekend after your birthday, but weekend before we were down at that. And then um, next weekend, I'm going to be busy with uh, school and getting ready for dev space. I'm actually so far behind. um, I haven't had my anniversary dinner yet either because something came up that weekend and then something came up. Well, yeah, something came up the weekend before or the weekend before. And then the weekend after was when my grandmother was in the ICU. So, yeah, yeah it's just, it's been one thing after another for a while. Mm-hmm. So, how about you? Well, I am not doing as bad as that. I'm actually quite excited um, because y'all know I have a Mac at work. Mac OS Mojave came out this week and has a dark theme for the operating system. It's glorious. Uh, I am so becoming a Mac fanboy, and it's bad. It is really bad. I upgraded while I was at work yesterday and then took my Mac around to everyone to show them the awesome new dark theme. It, it's amazing. I love it. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood because of that. Uh, and I've had a lot of coffee today. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it when I get an app that has a dark theme, though, when yeah. they finally add it. I was, yeah, it's, it's, I was it's beside great. myself when Nosby added it. Yeah. So I had it on my task tracker. <laughs> I remember you yeah. were excited. Um, lately, I've been feeling a bit crafty. So I bought this new yogurt that like they were sampling at the store um, when I was there. And it comes in these interestingly shaped glass containers. So after eating it, I noticed that the container would make a really great candle holder for like a small candle. So I'm thinking about painting the glass and making Christmas presents out of it. Okay. <laughs> Why well, not? I, yeah. just, I haven't done stuff like that since... Like right after college, maybe was the last time I really did anything like that. You could probably make like a nice uh, like hatch pattern, get you some chicken wire around it, and then hit it with Krylon, pull it back. That's really cool. I was going to paint. Uh, I was actually going to make one for my sister and paint a sunflower on it. <laughs> I mean, if you if you just want to redneck it up, that you know, my suggestion will uh, totally get you there. That's I, I might do that. That's really cool. That's really cool. But speaking of painting things, I've got something really cool coming up in IOTs.
You've heard of spray-on tans, right? I've seen them. (laughs) Well, how about spray-on antennas? Research is being done at Drexel University on spray-on antennas for use with IoT devices. These new antennas are outperforming traditional metal antennas. Titanium carbonide compounds are dissolved into water to make the paint. Uh, It's made through a product called Maxins, uh, an inorganic material only a few atoms thick that gives the conductive metal water-soluble characteristics. The antenna is then sprayed onto an object using an airbrush, and then when the water evaporates, the metal remains. This could make creating IoT devices much easier, and it's really an exciting step forward in the IoT world. And I'll include a link to an article about that in the show notes. Who's talking to us this week? We got a tweet from Brandon. It says, hey, at Complete Dev Pod, does the show have a Discord? I joined the Slack, but am more accustomed to Discord. BJ can make a Python bot on there to whatever as well. <laughs> Brandon, I love the way you're thinking. That's That's so me. It really is. Um, no, we do not have a Discord. Slack is already a lot of work for us to run and, you know, kind of moderate. But we will look into it. Thanks for the tweet and the suggestion. Send us a DM with your contact information because we've got a complete developer water bottle just for you. Guys, if you'd like your very own complete developer water bottle, leave us a review in iTunes or comment on the website or any of our social media. We post all of our episodes to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Google+. We're also on Instagram and Tumblr. We are no longer on Path because Path no longer exists. And check us out each week on Facebook and Twitter Live when Facebook doesn't break our Nginx, uh, where we talk about what's going on in the tech world and answer listener questions. You can join the conversation anytime, as Brandon did, via Slack by going to slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Sometimes you just know that a person is on the way out the door. Maybe it's the way they carry themselves differently or changes that they opposed being forced on them by management. You just know that they're ready to leave. Other times, the indicators are a bit more subtle and it can take you by surprise. Even when it is more subtle, there are signs and indicators that can alert you to the fact that one of your coworkers is looking for greener pastures. So I had a coworker not that long ago that um, got promoted. Actually, she beat me out for the promotion and then left about a month or two later. Um, kind of surprised several of us because we weren't really looking like you think someone that gets promoted and accepts the promotion isn't going to be leaving soon. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of a surprise. And honestly, that's what led to this episode was me going, Hey, there's gotta be some things that we could have noticed about that and about her behavior before she left, because I found out about it after she'd turned in her notice. I'm like, wait, what? She just got promoted. Yeah. Huh? That's really weird, too. I I don't, I mean, I've seen that some. Mm -hmm. It's, it's strange. I think a lot of it is people get promoted and they find out that the job they got into isn't what they thought it was. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Many of these indicators are changes in the person's normal behavior. Indicators are when they do not act as they have or do things they have not done previously. This episode isn't really about people you want to leave, but about recognizing signs in your coworkers that are contributing members to the organizations, basically the ones that you want to keep around and you want to work with. We've broken this down into three categories. So we'll start by talking about performance indicators 
or those things that you can see through their work or attitude towards work. Next, we'll discuss life indicators. These are things that have happened in their life outside of work to influence them to move on. And finally, we'll discuss the social indicators, looking at how their interactions with others show signs that they're looking to leave. So we'll start off by talking about performance indicators because these, well, first of all, these are easiest to see because they get measured. (laughs) Um, These are the signs that you can see through their work performance and commitment. They show that the person may not be as engaged in the business or process as much as they once were. Now, the first one of this is their job history. If you can look at the person's previous job history to see how long they've typically stayed at a company, you'll likely see a pattern of behavior such as moving jobs every three to five years. So oftentimes, um, you know, this is a pretty good way to pick it up, right? Mm -hmm. Like at any job before the one I've got now, you could look at my resume and go, yeah, he's probably not going to be here that long. And now, granted, a lot of that was contract work too, right? Also, unless they have a very strong reason to stay, it's likely that they're going to continue this pattern. So where you're working now, you have a really good reason to stay. Yeah, I've got several good reasons to stay. Um, And, you know, that, that was the deal before is like I... I've never been anywhere or I've almost never been anywhere where I got a pay raise mm-hmm. if I stayed. And I'm like, you know, look at the, the cost of living in Nashville and it how much that's going go up. up. It's yeah. like I'm losing money by the minute if I don't get a pay raise. So, right. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, their past reasons for leaving may give you a clue that a coworker is planning to quit. People are rather consistent with why they leave a job. Yeah. I know you've got very specific reasons for almost every single one of the jobs you have left. Yep. And, you know, it's mostly it's mostly quality of life and respect mm-hmm. issues more than anything, although sometimes it is pay and sometimes it's just like, hey, I got a way better opportunity and I got to take it. You know, I think that's what happened with my coworker is yeah. from what I heard about the job that she took, it was just a phenomenal opportunity that she would have been crazy to turn down. Yeah. Um, and that, that happens to people, you know? So this can come up in interviews when you're talking to them. A lot of times it will be asked why someone left their current job or why they are leaving their current job. Um, this will give you a clue as to what they're looking to avoid in the new workplace. Yeah. And if you make the work situation similar, um, they're going to leave more than likely. Um, so that, that's a good way to be ahead of that and go, okay, how do I fix this? If I want to keep them there, Mm -hmm. that gives you a little hook that you can get a hold of. Yeah. Um, if the person was recently passed over for promotion or raise, they're likely to feel frustrated and undervalued. Um, another thing that'll do this too, along kind of that same tack is where they are supposed to get an evaluation and they don't because that's tied to both of those. Um, you know, where like the setup is basically they don't feel like they can advance. You know, that's, that's very interesting because I have mostly worked at larger places, you know, in development and before that, you know, hospitals and things like that, where there was a procedure and, you know, the management would get in trouble if they didn't do your evaluation. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've actually So I didn't even think about that. I've left with that as a cause and it was actually a mistake. Yeah. Um, and managers did get in trouble for not doing the evals mm-hmm. uh, quickly enough because that's what happens. Yeah. Um, but I was looking at it going, look, I've got, you know, my expenses are way up. Like everything's more expensive and mm-hmm. I'm sitting here. No, no. It is very likely that a person will at the very least start looking at job opportunities if they're feeling like they get, they're being 
undervalued or they've been passed over. Or they're worried that they might be. Yeah. This may just be a reaction and they're not serious about jumping ship. It may be a, you know, seeing what's out there kind of thing. I know when I got passed up for the promotion at work, I considered looking at different departments um, and ended up not uh, being too serious about it because it really opened my eyes to a couple of things that, you know, I feel like I became a better person from. um, And I found out some things like that, that I could do to better myself out of it. But yeah, the initial reaction was, oh, I'm not valued. I'm, and that that is a serious concern. Um, you know, it could be that they are looking to advance within or outside the company. So either way, they want to move forward. And so they're going to, if they do get passed up, they're going to start looking outside. Yeah, someone is most likely to leave if they're passed up by someone they see as junior to their skills. Yeah. And this happened to me. And that was, that was one nail in the coffin. Was yeah. somebody, you know, somebody else got promoted over me that, you know, frankly, I could code around this person easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that person became management and then they started being critical and then they started dumping a lot of stuff on me. And yeah, I was gone and I hadn't gotten a, a raise in a long while. Mm-hmm. So that was not the case with me. I would consider the person who got promoted over me to be at the same school level as me. Yeah. And so it was, uh, it was a case of, you know, there were other considerations involved in that. Um, now they may have stagnated in their current position and are looking to move into something with more growth opportunities or into a new technology. Yeah. That's actually the biggest temptation I have is the tech stack. Yeah. Um, money won't even make me jump right now, but mm-hmm. tech stack might, but that's yeah. unlikely. In a study done by Glassdoor, it was found that for each 10-month increment that an employee feels that they're stagnating, they are 1% more likely to quit. Wow. That means that the average person is really, really unmotivated. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I'm stagnant for like five months, I'm pretty irate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know who these people are, but okay, cool. Now, mind you, this was not done this was done across all employment yeah not okay just so tech. yeah if it was if it was developers it's like dude no yeah. it's i couldn't find any stats on developers specifically yeah so. well they can't keep them in one place long enough that's <laughs> yeah, that's what that yeah. is also if the technology you are using is stagnating then your coworkers looking to stay current they're likely to leave and move on to to places that are doing things more current yeah, and that's, um, you know, I actually remember having a conversation with management where I work mm-hmm. ab- about this. It's like, look, if we want to retain good people, we can't be using old stuff. Yeah. And we're moving it forward quite a bit now. There's a sweet spot on new versus old technology yeah. when it's popular and still maintained. Yeah, where there's where there's libraries and there's all that stuff, mm-hmm. too, because a lot of people don't want to be on the bleeding edge because, eh, you know, it's a lot of pain. Yeah. But you don't want to be doing, you know, Visual Basic 6 right now. No, there are some older technologies that are still maintained, like Delphi, where yeah. you work, that you use. Like, yeah. that is that is a technology that is still maintained, and I wouldn't consider that stagnant. No, I wouldn't either. Because, I mean, heck, they've got, you know, full-on generics. They've got all kinds of new stuff coming out all the time. It's it's a bit weird in the U.S. because there's not many devs. Mm-hmm. That's the only, only real issue. Another thing that will happen is... As people get ready to leave, 
they refuse to take on long-term projects, so they start trying to dodge them. Mm -hmm. A person getting ready to leave will be less likely to take on those projects. This could prevent them from being able to leave when they plan. You know, yeah. They may not want to get started and leave their coworkers and their friends at work hanging on something. Yeah, most people prefer to wrap up their current work before leaving, and they don't want to leave with baggage. Like you mm -hmm. don't want you don't want to be remembered as the person that left and you know caused a critical project to crash. Even if you worked there five years before and they were great, that last minute can really. That's what they you. remember you for, and that's what they remember. Like the dev community is a, it's usually small. Yeah, it's small enough that you you know if people remember you for that that could affect you down the line. I, I see people doing that more in their junior years before they realize. Well, and it's also before they're like super critical in a lot of cases too. That's like when you're, the more senior you get, the more likely you are to be deep in the system. Yeah. And have to be in a, a lot of headspace mm -hmm. versus, you know, hey, you're doing, you know, you're doing front ends. I mean, front ends are critical, but you know, you can pull one of the senior people in to do some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. versus working on the message queuing architecture. A person on their way out may start delegating tasks, especially more long-term ones to others. This is different if it's authorized by management. It's like they may be getting assigned a new project or more work in a different area, um, or they could be getting ready for a promotion or lateral transfer. So if, if management is behind it and telling them, hey, start delegating your tasks off, um, I've actually had this happen where yeah. it was, hey, start letting other people do that so you can focus on this. Yeah, or they tell you, to, hey, you need to split some of these off so that other people are cross-trained. Yeah. Um, that's happened to me quite a bit. Um, now, the other thing, too, is they can be lessening their workload uh, you know, for a reason. You know, it could be because they want to have more free time for interviewing. It could be because they've already accepted a job and they're preparing to leave. Mm -hmm. So they're getting other people trained up so that they don't leave everyone hanging. Yeah. And they may not even have um, another gig lined up. It could be, Hey, I know I'm going to go in six months. So let's mm -hmm. start moving that direction. Right. I've also seen people uh, lessen their workload because they have uh, medical stuff or family stuff coming up and they haven't told anybody yet. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to get some of the pressure off before they talk to management. Yeah, that makes sense. And we'll talk about that situation in just a little bit when we get kind of into the life things. So the next indicator is that they will be contributing less at work. Someone that is normally active and very opinionated, but stops contributing during meetings, they may be on their way out. This change in behavior is a strong indicator that they're leaving. They may have disengaged from the company or the project they're working on and no longer be passionate or excited about the projects that they're working on. Yeah. I mean, this is an emotional reaction to avoid pain, right? Mm -hmm. They don't want to get shot down on top of whatever pain is making them leave. Right. Now, somebody that's more reserved or shy is not as likely to show this sign. What I have seen with those kind of people though, is where they get animated and they get into arguments. Mm -hmm. when they wouldn't have before. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that yeah. in a little bit. Um, that is a, a different indicator. Yeah. So uh, it could be that they have other things on their mind, like personal or family situations. With a little bit of insight, you can usually tell if a person is distracted as opposed to being disengaged. And this is an indicator we're also going to talk about later on. Yeah. 
Now, another major sign that they're disengaged is when a person stops returning phone calls and emails in a timely fashion. You know, this is like work communications. Mm -hmm. If they're ready to leave, they're less likely to communicate often or as effectively. And a lot of this has to do with the idea that if they are less available, they're less likely to be called out or put on the spot. If it isn't something that is public knowledge, uh, they're not going to want to let it slip that they're leaving. They may also want to avoid getting pulled into something that could hinder their departure. Yeah, just like the previous point, this is less likely to apply to shy or reserved coworkers who already don't communicate mm-hmm. much. Yeah. No, it, it's interesting because I have seen this with people getting promoted. For example, our newest junior developer was promoted from a web admin position and still has to do some of the web admin work while they're hiring a new person. Right. Um, and so... It, it may be one of those things where it's like, all right, they're getting ready to move. They don't want to get called or have to stick around to help out until they can leave. Yeah. Um, another thing they'll do is they'll they'll stop suggesting innovative ideas and solutions because, mm-hmm. you know, again, they're disengaged. Um, if they're sharing new ideas, that's a strong sign of employee engagement. If they're not, maybe not so much. It's really it's proof that the person wants to be part of the organization um, they have buy-in to what is going on and to the processes involved in that. Yeah. Whereas someone that has previously shared ideas or provided strong opinions and stops doing so, they're disengaging from the work. Yeah. And I mean, again, this can be personal issues that are distracting them. Um, mm-hmm. You Because know, I, I remember getting invited to a meeting and I was like, I just, I do not feel it today. Yeah. And, you know, management I was like, hey, is everything all right? And I'm like, yeah, I just, I have a migraine. It feels like somebody hit me between the eyes. So it can be that. But yeah. a lot of times, like if it's over any period of time at all, you know, they're they're disengaged. Um, and, you know, this, if it is from personal issues, that is also a concern. Yeah, because they may still, you know, jump up and bite you. Mm-hmm. Their productivity will also drop off and they're less likely uh, to be inclined to please bosses or supervisors. They're not going to go the extra mile. They're going to work mm-hmm. eight hours and they're going to go home. Right. So presenteeism is what happens when employees are physically at work, but not fully present in what they're doing. Yeah. And this can also, this typically goes with behavioral changes as well. Mm-hmm. So like being less agreeable, less likely to take on extra work. You know, in other words, they're they're just checked out. Yeah. Like they're they're not wanting to do the extra things that make management happy. Yeah. And I mean, I worked with a guy like that and, you know, when he got disengaged, I, I think he was working about two hours a day mm-hmm. and he was getting in arguments with other people in the office and then just like walking around a lot. And, you know, he would sit at his computer and, and you could hear the mouse. Like I had to, I was in an office with somebody else with him and you just hear the mouse click every so often. It's like, dude, he, he's a programmer. Like he's not typing. He's just clicking around. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's a bad sign. Another indicator, and a little bit different from from the previous one, is that they desire more opportunities. In development, there is the idea that in order to make a major move forward in your career, you need to switch companies. And this is mainly due to getting more of a pay increase for starting at a new company over getting promoted. But it also has to do with how you change technologies to stay current. After a few years at a company, unless they're building new products constantly, you will begin to stagnate. Mm-hmm. Um, moving companies gives you a broader base of technologies to work within, and it gives you the experience of how other people do stuff. You, know, you get you get a lot of real eye-opening stuff. I mean, that's one of my strengths is that I've jumped around so much, and it's it's been real handy where I am now. Yeah. 
A big sign that someone is looking to leave is when you notice a lot of resume-driven development. Yes, because they can then write it on their LinkedIn profile and then they get the next gig. Yeah. And we're going to talk about LinkedIn in just a little bit. Also, we're going to have an episode coming out about resume-driven development and how this occurs when a person chooses to do things differently or use newer, more cutting-edge technologies for regular tasks in order to add to their resume. Yeah. Like I've seen stuff like, um, you know, bringing in like heavy duty WebSockets architectures for stuff that's like, it's a file upload. Uh, you know, I, I've legitimately seen that. And that person left in about a month as soon as they got that done. Yeah. Uh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's an anti-pattern. And what it really is, is they are looking for what is best for them personally, not what's best for the software. Like mm -hmm. when you have that switch, then you know that person's not going to be there long. This indicates not only that they're not engaged in the business, but also they're looking to boost themselves as much as possible before leaving. Yeah. It's a very kind of selfish thing. Yeah, it is extremely selfish. Um, another thing is when they suddenly start pushing to attend conferences and workshops, although I'm a little mixed on that one, but you know, not everybody enjoys attending conferences and workshops. And sometimes people do realize that, oh, I need to be doing this. Just mm -hmm. like they get a wake up call and that's it. That's no. not what we're talking about. If they've never expressed a desire to attend a workshop or anything like that, but suddenly they're asking to go, they may be looking to grow their skills. And that's they, completely fine. Yeah. Right? They may also be looking to grow their network within a certain technology. And you may also see this if they suddenly start showing up to local user groups. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm kind of careful about yeah. saying where I've gone on stuff mm -hmm. because people interpret that. Yeah. On the other side of this, a person that previously attended a lot of meetings and conferences, but no longer does so or just isn't interested. This indicates that they may no longer be interested in improving certain skill sets. Yeah. Like if you are a regular attendee of the Java user group and then suddenly stop going to it, but start spending a lot of time at the Angular user group. Yeah. Or where you've not gone before. That's kind of one, one of these things where it's like, all right, you know, it's the other side of this. Just because someone desires to improve their skill doesn't mean they're going to leave. Uh, it could be that they have capacity or, you know, they, they didn't, they weren't able to go right to one. And so they went to the other, or it could be that they've discovered that they're getting behind and want to catch up. Yeah. Or they're looking to bring that technology in and they just want to evaluate it. Right. There's there's a lot of things here and, and this doesn't mean like it's not a they're definitely leaving. Yeah. I would take this as it's it's not a sign that they're leaving. It's a sign that they may be bored and you need mm -hmm. to look at that. Yeah. And we're going to talk about boredom next, which is less of a sign and more of a reason to leave. Boredom can present itself in a variety of ways in the workplace. And some of these signs are also indicators of boredom. Yeah. Some people generally want to enjoy their job or at least parts of it enough to make the less enjoyable worth the effort. A bored coworker is one that's not connected to the rest of the team or the project they're work, working on. You know, I know you had a coworker that fell asleep in meetings with clients. I've had several. Yeah. Like yeah. he, we had the worst time getting him involved and engaged because he had already checked out. Yeah. And then I think it was within about three to six months he left. Yeah. And I've had coworkers like that too. I mean, some of it is, you know, I've also noticed there's a lot of lack of discipline that goes mm -hmm. along with that too, where it's like, okay, I'm going to stay up till two in the morning thinking about how my life sucks. And then I'm going to go into work at eight Yeah, and then fall asleep in a client meeting. 
like it it can also be an indicator of that too but then again <laughs> that's, that's an indicator of this so here we <laughs> they, are they kind of they get all dovetails yeah yeah the next set of indicators we're going to talk about are life indicators things happen in a person's life outside of work that make them more likely to leave their job non-work indications a person may be leaving can be major life changes getting a degree or certification or simply the desire to improve themselves outside of their work environment the first one there is major life changes and major career changes may preempt or follow major changes in someone's life. Your coworker could be considering leaving for reasons that have nothing to do with the job, the company management, their coworkers, nothing to do with it at all. Yeah. I mean, like just moving away to be closer to family, mm-hmm. for instance, um, they, they, their spouse may have a huge career opportunity and it's like, hey, we've got to go get this and I can get another dev job. This happened to a friend of ours that moved away because his wife had a really great opportunity out of state. Yeah. And it was like, you know, hey, I can get a job you know, anywhere. anywhere. So she's got this great opportunity to do what she's always wanted to do. And now I've also seen it where there's been a tragedy. So, you know, somebody in the family dies, um, they get go through a divorce. They uh, relative just, gets sick. Yeah. They go through really rough, just mm-hmm. personal you know, trauma of whatever sort. And they may just want to move away from a place that reminds them of it. Or they feel like their personal life is just stagnant. The thing is, this may be one of the easier things to notice and pick up on because they're probably going to talk about their personal life a little bit. Yeah, they won't talk about what they're thinking about with their career. Yeah, Yeah, they they may not talk about leaving their job, but they may talk about what's going on in their life when you're sitting at lunch or, or talking around the water cooler, things like that. It's also an area where you can gather intelligence through casual conversation and they're not going to be as guarded about that information. And you can actually help them. That's the other the other fun side right. of that. Uh, be especially aware of the typical major life events that people go through. Uh, based on a person's age and maturity level, you can determine the likelihood of them going through a major life event. You yeah. know, singles in their mid-20s are more likely to be getting married than someone in their early 40s. This doesn't mean that it won't happen to the latter, but that's less likely. Well, and it's also a lot less churn when they do it, too, right. because they're 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 more established. Both right. parties are. Mm-hmm. They may need more stability or want to move with their new spouse. So, someone in their early to mid-20s, when they get married, they may need more stability or want to move with their new spouse. Now, on that same note, someone that's recently married may be looking to have children. Yeah. This means they will be less likely to stay at the 80-hour-a-week startup. They're also going to look for something that's more stable. So, they've mm-hmm. got you know more normalized hours. They've got a predictable schedule. They have insurance. They're not worried about the company disappearing. Right. They want less risk. Along the same lines, someone in their 30s and 40s may not want the lifestyle of a startup employee. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, a recent divorcee or widow may want to move away from things that remind them of the person, like we said earlier, and they may want to to be doing more where they're doing so much that they're not thinking about it. Like, this was the case with me. It's part of the reason that I left New Orleans. Also, part of the reason that I got into development while working a full-time job and moved so quickly through it is because I wanted something to put my focus on while I was dealing with those emotions. Absolutely. I mean, life changes affect more than just a person's day job. Um, If you're working on a side hustle with someone, sometimes these things will affect that as well. That has been a major sticking point for me on 
several. That's why I put that point in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's it's one of the reasons yeah. I would be very, very cautious about taking on a partner. Life changes can also affect friendships and a person's ability to socialize and go out. I know when you had your daughter, we were before that we were going out, you know, all the time, hanging out and doing we stuff. We were doing combative martial arts practice in the yard. Yeah. You know, a couple times a week. I mean, we were we were fit and all this stuff. And yeah, I mean, it just makes it where you can't, you just can't do that stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing that'll come up is if they get a new degree, a license, a certification. Most people want to see their friends and coworkers do well in advance. By obtaining a new degree or accreditation, it can make them a more valuable asset to the company. It may even be a requirement for a position or promotion that they want, such as moving into management. A lot of places require you to have a degree. And I know several people who have gotten into development without a degree and then gone back to school to get a bachelor so that they could go into management. Yeah. Um, Just building up your education is a sign that someone is wanting to make themselves more attractive to potential employers or even if they don't want to, they're still going to do that, right? Mm-hmm. It could be to get a promotion within your company, but more likely it's to improve their ability to get a new job or put them into the candidate list for a type of job that they want. For example, I really am fascinated by machine learning, data science type things, but you pretty much have to have a degree in that yeah. to get into it. So I'm doing that. The really great thing is they have those positions where I work yeah. and I can move into one of those after I finish school. I think everybody will have those in five years. Yeah. They'll just about have to, or they're going to get creamed. Mm-hmm. Um, they also may be looking to get into a different area of development or the software production life cycle. And this is the first step. Uh, they may be you know, learning stuff so that they can bring changes into the company. You know, some companies will send you places. Mm-hmm. It's more likely to mean that they will be looking to find a place doing what they're studying once they're done. Does that mean you're going to be a Java developer? No, it does not. Okay. <laughs> that Ooh. is not the case with me. Uh, though I will be honest, the more I've done in Java, the more I actually kind of like it. I still like .NET better. Yeah, it's got that uncanny valley yeah. kind of feel to it. That's what it does. You know, when I've had to mess with it, it's like, I like this, but it's it's just off enough where it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it. it I don't dislike it the way I did before when yeah. I really didn't know much about it. And I, I don't feel comfortable making fun of it the way I did as a .NET developer. Uh, there are certain things in it that I like better than .NET, but there are way more things I like in .NET. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it's 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 interesting. Well, don't worry. Microsoft is involved. They'll they'll lift those things from Java and they'll be in .NET eventually. I know. That's why I love .NET. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing that you'll see is where they desire to improve themselves. Right now, this is not bad, but most people do dress nice for special occasions. But when you got a coworker that's typically kind of you know a little bit of a slob, and they start coming in dressing nice, that's a sign. <laughs> now they're. Very likely dressing up for an interview. So if they come in one day in jeans and the next in the suit and then back to jeans, you know what's going on there. Now, they might have also had a lunch date. So yeah, that if they're a real slacker when it comes to laundry, it could just be that these are the only clothes they have that are clean. We don't know anybody like that. (laughs) Uh, I honestly like I try to dress decent for work, but one day. I had not done laundry in about two weeks. And so the only clean, nice shirt I had was a like long sleeve button down shirt. And so I wore that with slacks into the office. Everybody was asking me if I was interviewing for something. I'm like, 
no, I just didn't have a clean yeah. polo. <laughs> yeah. I just screwed up. It's all. There is a saying out there to dress for the job that you want, not the job you have. So p- everybody's going to come into the office dressed as Batman. Exactly. Awesome. Seriously, though. Improvements in dress could be an indicator that someone is angling for a promotion in the company. Um, now, just a few tips for you if you do want to update your your wardrobe and not come off as like shocking and that. Um, do sort of a subtle transition. If you normally wear a t-shirt and jeans to the office, start off by replacing the t-shirt with a polo or maybe a short sleeve button down. And then after people have kind of gotten used to that, start wearing maybe slacks or khakis with it, then update your shoes. Uh, and by this time, people are used to you dressing nicer and kind of expect it. So seeing you with a tie on isn't going to surprise them. Yeah, it's well. And, and the other thing, too, is those little changes are not enough to get you through an interview. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it gets that out of the mix mm-hmm. as a possibility. They're like, oh, this person is starting to take care of themselves now. Elective visits to the doctor or dentist may be a sign that a coworker is expecting to not have health coverage for a time. Um, I've done that one. Yeah. Someone that normally avoids the dentist but suddenly starts getting cleanings may be looking to jump ship soon. Most people try to make use of their benefits before leaving, especially if they have really good coverage. And the thing is, the benefits at your next job may not take effect until a waiting period is over. Yeah, it kind of depends on how how it works out when you leave and how you leave. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that can be a real issue. Um, there may be comparable benefits at the new job and they're doubling up while they can. That's another thing too. Yeah. I don't know how ethical that is, but I know people do it. Well, they have the, they have the benefits both mm-hmm. places. Right. So, so let's talk about some of the social or uh, antisocial indicators that somebody is about to leave. Um, the core thing here is that human beings are tribal social creatures. How we interact with one another in various settings, including the office, can say a lot about what is going on. There are several social cues that a coworker may be leaving, including increased social media activity, losing office friends, not being close to anyone in the office, and an overall deterioration in attitude. So, starting off, they may be more active on LinkedIn. Yeah, this is a big one. Um, I actually have done... I'm more active on LinkedIn now than I was a year ago. And I've actually had to go to management and go, look, I'm not looking for a job. I just, I'm getting pinged all the time on here. Mm -hmm. A lot of developers are introverted and or shy. Like you're not shy, but you are introverted. Right. Um, But a lot are both. And they don't like networking in person. And this makes it a lot more likely for them to rely on a social network such as LinkedIn for gaining those business contacts. A person that's looking to move jobs is likely to spend more time on LinkedIn. And part of this will be updating their profile with their most recent information. I know you have a scheduled task for yeah. that. Uh, you know, it's like every three months. Mm-hmm. And I need to do that actually pretty soon. And but. I try to do it whenever I have something new come up. Um, if I if I have several things at once, I'll batch it so that I only get pinged once. Yeah, because you do get carpet bombed by recruiters mm-hmm. when you do this. But I do it mainly just so I don't look at my resume. Like if I find myself out of a job and go, why is silver light on there? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> something yeah. like that is, is really off putting when you're like, I really needed this to be up to date yesterday. And it's Fair. clearly not. Fair enough. I mean, um, I, I have gone in and taken WordPress out of a lot of my stuff yeah, because I don't want to do that. And I have gotten pinged for WordPress jobs. And I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah, I, I have enough experience in .NET that I don't need that on my resume now. Yeah. Um, now you'll see, uh, 
you know, people, you know, spending a lot of time on LinkedIn, um, one of the big things they'll be doing, you know, other than the obvious updating of their profiles is they'll be, you know, connecting with people. So they'll be like jumping into groups, they'll get new connections, they share articles, they comment on articles, they mm -hmm. do more stuff. LinkedIn is not exactly a compelling social media platform for the most part. So if somebody is being compelled there, there's a reason for that. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, if they're not doing that regularly, yeah, then this is a sign that, hey, they may be looking to leave. They may also start posting like um, the LinkedIn blog yeah. when they, they normally wouldn't. Making changes to your profile will put it at the top of searches. It's suggested to do this on Sunday evening. This will put you at the top of the list when recruiters search on Monday mornings. And get you out of your Monday morning meetings when your cell phone rings. Right. <laughs> it doesn't actually work at my office. <laughs> <laughs> now, when a person is regularly on LinkedIn, it isn't a sign that they're looking for a new job. Yeah. And that's part of the reason I have to regularly schedule times to update my profile is it keeps management and coworkers from freaking out if they see an update. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I'm just keeping it. It's like housekeeping. Now, if you have a blog or podcast, you can post to LinkedIn on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, it, it, this is a social network and it's a good way to have conversations about work-related articles without a lot of the frustrations of the other social networks. Yeah, like all the politics on, oh, I don't know, Twitter, Facebook, etc. I was just thinking the frustrations that we had on Facebook oh, this evening. <laughs> yeah. Another indicator can be when their work friends have left. You know, people, we spend a lot of time at work mm -hmm. and you tend to make friends where you spend where you do that. Mm -hmm. It's easier to make friends with people you're around. Now, think about when you're in school. You became friends with the people that you were around the most. Yeah. And in many cases, that really doesn't turn out well because they don't have anything to, you know, they're not in common with you, yeah. right? Like, Whereas at work, at least you have similar interests and- Similar know, schedules. Yeah. A UK study found that 57% of employees- have a best friend at work that makes their job more enjoyable. Oh, yeah, easily. And a third of them credit their friendship as causing them to be more productive. You know, One-fifth also stated that that friendship boosts creativity on the job. Yeah, and six out of ten rated job satisfaction and happiness as more important than salary. And it it is. I mean, if you got enough to live on, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to be highly paid and sad all the time. I mean, that's one, one really good thing about my team. I know you've said the same thing about yours is like, you know, we all go, go out to lunch and joke around. Oh, yeah. Constantly. It's, it's awesome. You we know, prank each other. I mean, it's just, it's just the way we are. And it, it really, really helps the environment. I've worked in places where the team didn't like each other and didn't talk to each other. Like they all went to lunch by themselves. Oh, I, I could not stand that. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. It's about four months of that. And whoa. No. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember before I got into development, the job I had right before when I was working um, front desk at Massage Envy, one of the girls, the girl that told me about the job opening, there was a friend of mine, we'd worked at other places together. Like I start working there and like, I said something about, you know, oh yeah, like the people that work here are great. And she's like, oh, they're all so mean to me and they don't like me. And I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense. And it was all a perception thing. Yeah. And that, that happens sometimes. She did not stay at that job. She left right after I did. Now, if one person leaves, you can expect their close friends may not be far behind them. Well, and the, the grievances that made that one person leave, they discussed it with their friends. Mm -hmm. Guarantee you. It may be that the person who left recruits their friend because they know they can work well together. Yeah. 
Um, that friendship may have been the only thing keeping the person from looking for a new job. Similarly, if a person is distancing themselves from coworkers, they may have already checked out. Um, now, they also may be really mad at the coworker and know that the coworker is about to get fired. Mm. Well, um, but yeah, yeah I, I, this is more like distancing themselves from all coworkers. Right. You know, this occurs when someone that normally chats before and after meetings or around the water cooler stops being as loquacious. They may feel there is no need to keep up personal relationships at work because they're not going to be there. Yeah. And besides, they know words like loquacious and they use them in... <laughs> Really? <laughs> Sorry. I just got to just gotta poke at you on that one. It's on my dating profile, too. I use that word a lot. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm loquacious of Borg. I talk to all the other Borg. Um, <laughs> this could mean that they're moving further away or out of the field, and they may not want to feel guilty about leaving. So you'll see, you know, you'll see people blow up relationships before they leave situations. Like, that's a real common mm-hmm. thing. Um, I've, I've actually seen that, um, in a friend of mine's marriage where the, the wife was, you know, nice one day and then just started just being a complete harridan. She was, you know, she had somebody on the side and was essentially doing this stuff so that she felt emotionally disconnected so she could bail. Yeah. I've seen that a lot with relationships and friendships Yeah, when people are like, nope. I mean, it, it's, it's a defense mechanism. If you remember, um, the Sword of Truth books by Terry Goodkind. Yep. What was the protection from using the sword to kill people? Anger. Yeah. The the anger protected you from the the magic of the sword. Yeah. I know, I know we're we're kind of getting into That's like geeky, geeky territory, but geeky yeah. fantasy here. But it, it it was for a reason. Like Goodkind's stuff was very like. Yeah. There's a lot of psychological stuff there, but I mean, you you see this kind of thing all the time where people. You know, they're, they're kind of retconning anger into the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a real big sign. Yeah. Now, along with this, um, they also may have no sense of rapport with other coworkers. Just like losing work friends, not having them in the first place is a sign that a person may not stay long in a job. Yeah, I, I worked at one company. I did a, you know, a short contract stint, and I just did not fit in. I mean... You know, I was the one redneck in the middle of like serious city boys and yeah. just couldn't fit in anywhere there. Like it was a completely different culture. And it's natural for people to want to develop relationships with their coworkers. But when a coworker doesn't have friends or people that they share interests with at work, they're more likely to leave for an environment that is more suited to them. Yeah. And this doesn't mean that they're mad either. It could just be like, hey, look, they're not losing anything. No. You know, it's funny, culture fit is sometimes mocked when you're going through the hiring process and, you know, people say, all right, well, that's that's used to... To discriminate. Yeah, or- things like that. But it can be an important part of your work life. You, you don't want to be around people you're constantly disagreeing with, especially on non-work related topics. Yeah, or where people have, you know, they've got a different sense of boundaries or a different sense of morality or mm-hmm. different sense of noise tolerance. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's hard when you don't fit and you can't really enjoy yourself when you feel like you're on edge, like when you're waiting for the other shoe to drop and mm-hmm. that's how you feel all day. I've done that. It sucks. Get you don't enjoy yeah. your job. You can't focus, which makes you not do your job as well. There's a lot of things going wrong when that happens. People that don't have good friendships or relationships with their coworkers, they feel isolated. They don't have anyone to turn to or vent to 
when things get tough. I know that is a big thing for me. Yeah, if they can't trust anybody around them and go, hey, look, this is really ticking me off. Yeah. That's bad because what do they do? That well, I can't I can't handle this here, so I gotta go somewhere else versus somebody talking them off the ledge. I've got about two or three people that I work with that I trust enough to be like, all right, I can vent to you. And the good thing about having more than one person yeah, just is, in case you get mad at one of them. <laughs> well, that's more you than me. I, I was thinking more if one of them is going through something. Like, the la- the past week, I haven't vented to you. Yeah, because I've had a little bit on my plate already. You, you've had a lot going on. And so, I've had my friends at work that I've been able to vent to. And I have one coworker. She knows me well enough that she can pick up when I'm getting frustrated at things and I'll get a private slack from her that says, Hey, go listen to some Lindsay Sterling. You need to calm down. (laughs) (laughs) And that is, that is really good. That is important to have those kinds of friendships at work. The worst thing is when your coworkers argue and undermine each other in the office. Oh yeah. Like the gossip rings or just like the, you know, the nasty corporate politics. I mean, I, I'm I'm hesitant to tell somebody not to play politics because that doesn't like you get played by politics if you don't play it. Right. Um, but you can do things in a way where everybody wins and you're mm-hmm. still playing politics. You're just not being a- aggressive. So well, you know, when you're in that environment, though, where you're 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 waiting to get stabbed in the back, that's very, very unpleasant. There's playing politics and there's playing Watergate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and. You know, one is this is what you have to do to survive, and the other is just being a bad person, I guess is the way to go with it. Yeah. Uh, so finally, we're going to talk about deteriorating attitude. A coworker's attitude towards the job will be one of the most obvious signs that they're considering leaving. And that's kind of why we listed this last, is because this is one of the big things that you'll see. A model employee may start to show signs of fatigue, irritation, and frustration as their attitude towards their work declines. Yeah, at this point, they may not have decided to leave, um, but they're still upset. And it's when they no longer care that they decide to move on. Mm -hmm. Before they reach that point, though, when still vocal, they may not be at that breaking point. And like we stated earlier, this episode is about catching that and you know recognizing these signs in people that you want to stay so this is where you can step in and work with them and you know be like all right I, I don't want you to go because you know you're the glue holding us all together or something yeah, like that or just figure out how to take the pressure off because you don't want to see another human being suffer right, right. um now this this will present itself in several ways depending on the personality of the coworker usually comes about because the person doesn't feel valued by management or their fellow employees or listened to or mm-hmm. whatever. They may feel like they're being taken for granted. Hard work may not be recognized. Yeah. I had a job once where I got told I wasn't a team player and I looked at the bug tracking system and on a team of five, I closed 86% of the tickets in one mm-hmm. month. Feedback may be ignored by management. That's one of the worst things ever. Um, or something that's less, that's not as like devastating, but just, downright annoying is advice to more junior developers not being taken. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, you've experienced this with me where it's like, all right, you go, go do the stupid thing and then I'll laugh at you. Other times it's like, well, it depends on whether the senior dev, you know, it's, it's who's in the soup. 
Yeah. When it and when that happens, is the junior dev like paying the price of it, or am I working on a weekend to yeah. catch up? Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. Many times, simple recognition for extra effort or solving a really difficult problem is all they really need. Like it can be very discouraging to put a lot of extra effort, and we're not talking you know normal work. We're saying you know working a couple of weekends to get something, or it just happened to be a real painful project. Yeah, and not even getting thanked for you know that that extra sacrifice. Yeah, um, I do think you and I differ on this a little bit. Because you get the, like, there is a, a low level of external validation that I'm okay with. And past that point, I start feeling weird. Whereas I think you take it a little bit more. <laughs> and I'm like, why, are, why am I getting praised all the time? What am I being buttered up for? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's it's a matter of just like, just saying, hey, thanks for working this weekend. Or yeah. thanks for jumping on that. Well, and I've got, you know, I've got a junior dev. Or not junior. I guess he's mid. He's junior to mid. Yeah. Um, who needs a, a lot more attaboys than the rest of the team. And it's just something you've got to, you got to bear in mind because mm-hmm. once he gets them, I mean, he just crushes stuff, but if he doesn't, it deteriorates faster. Yep. Whereas the rest of the team's like, why are you in here? Yep. If you go in there, praising them. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like you want something, it's not time for lunch. What are you doing? Yeah, whereas yeah. with, with me, it's more when I've put a lot of effort into something, it's not so much the, the praise as the recognition. Yeah. And I don't mind recognizing other people that, that put a lot of work into something. The best way to get to, to recognize it for me is to give me pictures of dead pe- presidents on green paper. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Real easy. I'm a mercenary. Uh, the thing is, on its own, lack of recognition may not be a top reason for someone to leave, but it may be the deciding factor. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times what happens is, is somebody's already kind of on edge and mm-hmm. then they didn't get recognized for something and that's what puts them over. Yeah. The most obvious sign of a deteriorating attitude though is when the coworker starts complaining a lot. You know, it's most pronounced when someone that doesn't normally complain starts complaining. Usually it will start small with very specific complaints about specific projects or products. Yeah, and then it generalizes mm-hmm. and they start using words like always and never. Mm-hmm. And it gets to be complaining about policy and management style. And this is when you need to start worrying about the person looking to go somewhere else. On the other side of this, when a person stops complaining and they normally complain, uh, they've already made the decision to leave, most likely. Now, in some people's cases, it may be that they recognized, hey, I complain too much. Yeah. And I need to stop that because it's becoming a problem. Or they just realize they're focusing on the negative. Yeah. And the thing is, a lot of times the complaining is a sign that they still care about the company and making it better. When they stop complaining, it's because they no longer care and they're disengaged. Yeah. Now, a more subtle indicator of impending quitting is a coworker that takes excessive or longer breaks than usual. Like where I work, you know, yeah. we're encouraged to go walk, but... You know, when you start seeing somebody take a lot of long walks, that's that's a real bad sign. Mm-hmm. The most obvious here, though, is the lunch hour that becomes two because they're out interviewing. Yeah, it's really obvious when they come back to the office with food and they've been gone for an hour and a half. And you're like, where you been? <laughs> you know, dressing nice and taking longer lunches can be a really big indicator unless, you know, you're doing something like speaking at Nashville Software School or going out on a lunch date. Um, yeah, I, I actually put my NSS talks on the company calendar. 
now yeah. because it, it's like they're like why are you not dressed like a slob like normal it's like well mm-hmm. i'm getting in front of other people and you know want to make them think they have to dress nice so you know it, it's it varies and it's not a 100 percent they're doing this yeah when you get a preponderance of evidence yeah. that's what really does it and the other thing too is breaks are kind of required it's also required by law um mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I've worked at a whole lot of places that were like, you have to take a break. No, I mean, I will say I I used to sit behind the lead UI developer, who's now our architect. And there were a couple of times where he could just tell when I was getting frustrated, mainly because I slapped the sides of the chair when I get frustrated. And I've he, noticed that. Yeah. He would turn around and go, why don't you go take a walk? Yeah. You know, he was like, just, just Before step you explode away in the office. Yeah. Just, just step away from it for a few minutes. Or uh, sometimes he just invite me to go walk with him because he knew it was, I was frustrated at a specific person, usually with a job title that included the letters Q and A. Yeah. <laughs> Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> Hate working with that guy. Uh, yeah. But I mean, somebody's taking a lot more breaks than normal. That's probably a sign of being disengaged or having personal stuff yeah um yeah. but it can be the beginnings of burnout too and this is how a lot of people try to like get ahead of it mm-hmm. yeah if you you can catch that you may be able to to help them out taking some of the load off of them and maybe talking to management and saying hey you know i think this person's getting a little burnout maybe we should help them out a little bit so guys the indicators discussed here are just that indicators. They're not guarantees that a person is leaving. The more indicators that you notice, though, the more likely they are to have one foot out the door. Use these to prepare yourself so that you're not caught by surprise when a friend or co-worker announces that they're leaving. If it is someone that you want to stay and you catch it early enough, you may be able to intervene and help resolve the problems that are causing them to want to leave. But that is a topic for another time. That pretty much wraps us up before we close everything out. Will, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? Well, it's not a trick of the trade. I obviously had a pretty rough week. Uh, My grandmother that passed was the grandparent I was closest to. I stayed at her apartment all the time as a kid. Uh, We remained good friends. I talked to her every Thursday and on my birthdays and all that kind of stuff. I was always the one that uh, went and picked her up to take her to Thanksgiving and Christmas Um, at my parents' house. So I didn't get emotionally upset at the funeral. Like I didn't break down. And for a while there, I thought, man, that's, that's really weird. You know, like, am I just like a cold hearted dude? And I, I've realized over the past week as I've been thinking about it, we had a good relationship and I looking back on it, I don't have any regrets. Um, You know, we got to spend a lot of time together and said we were good friends. I think that's the biggest thing I've taken from the past week is try to build things in such a way that you don't have regrets when they end. Um, and this is, you know, this kind of fits in really with the whole coworker quitting thing too, right? Because a lot of times people are real upset when somebody's leaving because they do have regrets. Um, but it's it's broader than that. It's all of life. So just, you know, bear that in mind. Don't, don't do things that you regret or don't uh, do things in a relationship that you regret. And then you'll be more at peace when it's ending. That's all I got. Titanfall. 
you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Standby for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. The intro music for IOTs is Hillbilly Hip Hop by Jason Belcher. For references, show notes, and to sign up for weekly emails with extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod and like our page on Facebook to keep up with news about the show. Catch us each week as we broadcast live, talking about what's going on in the tech world and answering listener questions. Learn more about all of our shows and groups by going to CompleteDevelopernetwork.com where you'll find links to Junior Developer Toolbox, Developer Launchpad, and our other communities. Thanks for listening. See you next time.